That was awesome. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, today we start a series of narrative sermons. Um, if you are new to Midway, you may not have experienced a, ser- a narrative sermon before. Narrative sermons are a sermon in story form. It is from the point of view of one person from Scripture. Today's story is going to be Joseph's story. Joseph, as we heard from the kids, was uh, Jesus' father, Mary's betrothed. Um, And we're going to hear kind of maybe what it might have been like for him. One of the points of doing narrative sermons is to take us into that place where the story actually happened, but it also is the way in which we relate with one another. When you talk to me about your day, you're telling me a story. You just don't give me facts. You talk to me in story. You remember things in story. And so it's one of the most powerful ways that we can sit in Scripture. In fact, this is how Scripture was originally shared, was through stories. So here's the scripture that um, today's narrative is based off of. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25, says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be born, to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. And then the verse from Isaiah 7 is the, per, is the piece of prophecy that is talked about here in Matthew. And this prophecy from Isaiah said, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. I don't know what in your life you've looked forward to. I don't know what kinds of plans you've had. I don't know what you've dreamt or thought about, but I have to tell you that as I grew up in my family, witnessing my parents become parents, witnessing my brothers and sisters get married, I drew some pictures in my head of what my life would look like. I remember at a young age, I started to get really excited about the idea of getting married. Getting married. Part of it scared me because I didn't know how love worked between adults, and I also didn't know what it meant to take care of a woman because I knew once I married, I would be in charge of taking care of things and making sure she was cared for. But I was so excited at what that would be and what our marriage day would look like. And then, on top of that, I was excited about the idea of having children, of getting to hold this child that was created by a mixture of the two of us, our lives coming together, solidifying 
who we are as a family? I don't know if those are some of the same dreams you had, but I just remember so much time spent planning and thinking about what that day would look like, what becoming a father would look like. But that's not how my story went. That's not how my story went at all. And I've heard how some people's lives <laughs> don't go the way that they plan, but I've never heard a story like mine. I can't tell you how hurt and broken I was that moment I found out that Mary was pregnant. I mean, I knew we hadn't been together. Yes, we were betrothed, but betrothal, if you forget, lasts a whole year, if not more, where we are. And in that year, we rarely saw each other. But we were bound to each other. In fact, in order for us to separate, we would have had to divorce. And though we had not been together as husband and wife, and though we were not officially married yet, Mary was my wife. And that whole year spent apart, my dreams became bigger because that person that I dreamt of marrying now had a face. That person that I dreamt of starting a life with had a smile I could picture. Not only could I picture her smile and her face, I could start to picture what our children might look like. They'd have her eyes and my nose, because strangely enough, my nose is better than Mary's nose. But I started to see what our life together would be like. I started to understand what this time together would, how it would begin, how we would start the celebrations we would have together. But on that day that I found out she was pregnant, it was like my whole world exploded. I don't know if you've ever experienced something that jarring, but when all of your hopes and dreams come trashing down in one moment, that's what that moment was for me. Mary was pregnant. We did not create that baby. And I remember thinking that my options were so limited. This woman that I had been dreaming about, this woman that I had been thinking about, this woman who was supposed to be mine and only mine, all of a sudden wasn't just mine anymore. At the time, she had told me that she hadn't been with anybody else. She told me, she explained to me that the Holy Spirit had come to her and told her she was going to, to bear God's son. And I remember thinking at the time, seriously, really? Like, this is your story? You're going to tell me you're having an immaculate conception that, you've, that this Holy Spirit has spoken a baby into your womb? Never in my whole life had I heard such a story. And I grew up as part of the line of David, King David. My family had royal lineage. And so all throughout my life, I've heard stories 
about this promised Messiah. I'd heard stories about a baby that was meant to be born this way. I'd heard how the the prophet Isaiah had spoken to King Ahaz and told him that something like this was going to happen. In fact, my family waits for such a thing to happen. But come on. When she told me that it was us, this was happening to, there was not one part of me that believed her. I wish I could say I believed her. I wish I could say that I trusted her enough. I wish I could say my faith was big enough that I believed her, but I didn't. I mean, think of it. Would you have believed her? I couldn't believe her. But I also didn't want to make a rash decision about what to do because the decision was not easy. The options were not good. Because of the way I saw it, I really only had two options. The first was to divorce Mary. To divorce her before we were even officially betrothed. To divorce her before we ever got to have just a little piece of that glimmer of hope and joy that I had been looking forward to. And even in divorcing her, I would still carry the shame. People would still look at me wondering what happened. How did it go wrong? Why did she choose to be with another person? Because it's pretty clear she's been with somebody. I'm not the only one who knows she's pregnant. The shame for her and for me, for my family, The shame, regardless of what I do, regardless of what I decide, is going to be there. Then, my other option, I feel, is worse. I could out her. I could take her to our religious officials and tell them what she did. And she would have to pay a price that I don't know that I'm okay with her paying. I mean, I've seen women stoned to death for such a crime. And I don't know if I could hand over this woman that I had begun to love, to think about as part of me. I don't think I could destine her to that. And so I had decided. I had decided to simply divorce her. And I guess there's nothing simple about it because in our culture, it's a sentence for both of us. I may never actually get married carrying that stigma with me. But it's the better thing to do. And that's what I had decided. And then there was that night, like any other night, I fell asleep. A little easily this time. I'd been having a hard time sleeping because, I mean, wouldn't you? Your whole world's turned upside down. I'm guessing you did not sleep much either but I fell asleep. And as I was sleeping, it was as if I was awake. I don't know how to explain it any other way, but I was sleeping. I know I was sleeping because I remember waking up from having been asleep. But at the same time, it felt like I was completely awake, completely alive. And the Holy Spirit, this angel, came to me and spoke to my grief. This angel told me, first of all, called me by my royal lineage. 
reminding me of my bloodline, reminding me of how important my decision here is, which honestly, like I didn't know already. But then the angel said to me, do not be afraid to marry her. Do not be afraid to take her as your wife because what she says is true. She has not been with somebody else. She has not sinned. She has not broken your vows to each other. She has conceived a child through the Holy Spirit. Not only should you not be afraid, not only should you marry this child, come on in. I want you to marry her, and then when this baby comes, I want you to name him Jesus. Jesus, because he is a response, an answer to the Savior, to the people who have been hurting, to the people who need to know that God is real. Come, Mary, say yes. And then I woke up. I woke up and I knew without a doubt that the Holy Spirit had come to me. I knew without a doubt that I'd received word from God about our situation. But I got to tell you, as much as that was comforting, it was also really hard because now I had to do something that felt even more impossible. I had to marry a woman who was carrying a baby that everybody knew was not mine. And if I thought shame was something I was going to carry, I realized that the shame of that might just drown me. But I also knew, I also knew from the stories that my family had told me, from the stories that had been passed down from generation to generation, that God was faithful, that God has plans for us, that God is faithful to God's promises and to God's plans. I guess I just never realized that in order to receive God's promises and God's goodness, I'd have to give up my hopes and dreams. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, I know I'm not the only one who makes plans. I know I'm not the only one who dreams. But I never really considered that in order to receive the goodness of God, I'd have to be willing to give those away. And I realized as Mary and I got married, I realized as we abstained from being together as husband and wife, I realized as I put her on a donkey and walked with her to Bethlehem, I realized as I watched that baby be born in a lowly manger that God's plans are something that I could never understand, no matter how hard I tried. But I'll tell you this, as I look in the face of this sweet child, as I watch him with his mother, as I see people respond to him, as I see strangers come up to this child recognizing him as Emmanuel, God with us. I have hope. I have hope unlike any hope I've ever known before. Even though I had to give up all my dreams, all of the ways I wanted my life to go, I have hope that God's promises to me will be fulfilled. 
I trust and believe that God will not forget us. I trust and believe that God, if God's going to go to this extent to have a child be born, that God is going to watch after me, after Mary, after us. My story is hard. But I know I'm not alone in my pain. I know I'm not alone in my disappointment, and I know I'm not alone in this world when it comes to wondering where God is at. But I want you to know as you hear my story, I want you to know that God fulfills his promises. And that though you may have to give up your hopes and dreams in order to accept the goodness of God, God's plans are always better. Not perfect, but better than anything you could have ever thought of yourself. So have hope. Have hope knowing that you are deeply loved and that God is with you. Let us pray. God, I thank you for working through a simple man named Joseph. Thank you for bringing us hope and life. Thank you for teaching us that our plans are not the best plans. If Joseph had not said yes to you, who knows what our stories would be. And when we say yes to you, God, we are also impacting the lives of those around us. So give us courage as we take hope from the story of Joseph. Amen.